masters of jiu-jitsu teach their pupils to bend like the pillow, don't resist like the oak. Why do you think your automobile tires stand up on a road and take so much punishment? At first, the tire manufacturers tried to make a tire that would resist the shocks of the road. It was soon cut to ribbons, and they made a tire that would absorb the shocks of the road. That tire could take it. You and I will last longer and enjoy smoother riding if we learn to absorb the shocks and jolts along the rocky road of life. What will happen to you and me if we resist the shocks of life instead of absorbing them? What will happen if we refuse to bend like the willow and insist on resisting like the oak? The answer is easy. We will set up a series of inner conflicts. We will be worried, tense, strained, and neurotic. If it goes still further and reject the harsh world of reality and retreat into a dream world of our own making, we will then be insane. During the war, millions of frightened soldiers had either to accept the inevitable or break under the strain. To illustrate, let's take the case of William H. Casilius of Glendale, New York. Here is a prize-winning talk he gave before one of my classes in New York. Shortly after I joined the Coast Guard, I was assigned to one of the hottest spots on this side of the Atlantic. I was made a supervisor of explosives. Imagine me, a Gregor salesman, becoming a supervisor of explosives. The very thought of finding yourself standing on top of thousands of tons of TNT is enough to chill the marrow in a cracker salesman's bones. I was given only two days of instruction, and what I learned filled me with even more terror. I'll never forget my first assignment. On a dark, cold, buggy day, I was given my orders on the open pier of Cabin Point, beyond New Jersey. I was assigned to hold number five in my ship. I had to work down that hole with five longshoremen. They had strong backs, but they knew nothing whatever about explosives, and they were loading blockbusters, each one of which contained a ton of TNT, enough explosive to blow that old ship to kingdom come. These blockbusters were being lowered by two cable slits. I kept saying to myself, suppose one of those cables slipped or broke. Oh boy, was I scared. I trembled. My mouth was dry. My knees sagged. My heart pounded, but I couldn't run away. That would be desertion. I would be disgraced. My parents would be disgraced, and I might be shot for desertion. I couldn't run. I had to stay. I kept looking at the careless way those longshoremen were handling those blockbusters. The ship might blow up any minute. After an hour or more of this spine-chilling terror, I began to use a little common sense. I gave myself a good talking to. I said, Look here. So you are blown up. So what? We'll never know the difference. It will be an easy way to die. Much better than dying by cancer. Don't be a fool. You can't expect to live forever. You've got to do this job or be shot. So you might as well like it. I talked to myself like that for hours and I began to feel at ease. Finally, I overcame my worry and fears by forcing myself to accept an inevitable situation. I'll never forget that lesson. Every time I am tempted not to worry about something I can't possibly change, I shrug my shoulders and say, forget it. I find that it works, even for a cracker salesman. Hooray! Let's give three cheers and one cheer more for the cracker salesman of the pinafore. Outside of the crucifixion of Jesus, the most famous death seen in all history was the death of Socrates. 10,000 centuries from now, men will still be reading and cherishing Plato's immortal description of it, one of the most moving and beautiful passages in all literature. 
certain men of Athens, jealous and envious of old barefooted Socrates, trumped up charges against him and had him tried and condemned to death. When the friendly jailer gave Socrates the poison cup to drink, the jailer said, Try to bear lightly what needs must be. Socrates did. He faced death with a calmness and resignation that touched the hem of divinity. Try to bear lightly what needs must be. Those words were spoken 399 years before Christ was born, but this worrying old world needs those words today more than ever before. Try to bear lightly what needs must be. I've been reading practically every book and magazine article I could find that dealt even remotely with banishing worry. Would you like to know what is the best single bit of advice about worry that I have ever discovered in all that reading? Well, here it is, summed up in 27 words, words that you and I ought to paste on our bathroom mirrors, so that each time we wash our faces, we could also wash away all worry from our minds. This priceless prayer was written by Dr. Reinhold Niebuhr. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. To break the worry habit before it breaks you, rule four is cooperate with the inevitable. Mm-hmm.